Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Corey Fontana, head coach Tony Ursland. And the uh, we promised last week we were going to be uh, talking about some of the changes coming on staff. Well, one of the one of the changes that we are blessed to have with us now, the Purdue Wrestling family, Leroy Gardner joins us this week. Uh, hey, man, it's g- good to see you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad we can make this happen. I've I've been a fan for the podcast for, you know, uh, listened to it occasionally a couple of times already and uh, in the past seasons. And now it took on different meaning uh, as 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 things have changed. So I uh, got the first episode. So glad to be a part of it. Love it. Absolutely. It's a I think we still have a, a hard time believing that people actually <laughs> listen to us sometimes. But um, but it's, it's, it's you know, it's good to hear. It's good to make you know it's the self-esteem boost. It's the true fans, the the hard the diehards, right? The wrestle, wrestle I'm a big wrestling nerd, so that's what it comes down to. That's I think that's a good thing considering the occupation. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh Tony, we uh dropped the big announcement yesterday. We've kind of been sitting on it for a while. Um a couple staff changes, a couple staff additions. Um yeah, no, exciting time for us, right? I mean, um, you're always trying to find uh, new and different ways to get better uh, as a family and as a team. And, and I felt like we were really able to do that this summer and into the fall with with the staff that, that we announced uh, yesterday. Uh, obviously, uh, Leroy here, Gardner, you know, coming in. Um, uh, different, different path, different background, but something that I think is very necessary for us. And I I think will be a tremendous addition for us, not only with him coaching some of the upper weights as he was a heavyweight himself, but just a guy who's got different life experiences that I think will add a lot, uh, not only just to the, the coaching, you know, from a technical aspect, but just the mentoring aspect and, and maybe even how we do things day to day from a business standpoint. So very, very excited about that. Then we've got some real youthful energy with Charles Small, you know, our, our GA, right? Like, I mean, just the guy's got a lot of juice. Obviously, people will find out what I'm talking about as we go down that road. But but a young guy who really wants to learn about the coaching profession and is is willing to do the work and and, and has already fit in with the team. You know, he's here uh, going strong with the guys. So, um, you know, kind of a mixture, right? I, I, I guess, Leroy, I don't want to call you old, but it's kind of the young and the old. We got a new guy just out of college. And then, we've, you know, um, we've got he Coach Gardner. He's, Tony, so he's, he's not that old. Uh, my hair, no, my hairline's betraying old, so. My hairline's betraying me. There you go. Well, you're going to fit right in with the rest of them. You see, uh, you know, you can see Tanner's. He's he's rocking the cue ball and Vega does go. as well. So, uh, you know, we're getting outnumbered. Even shops bald right now. Hey, for people yeah, there's more there. of us. Hey, there's more of us than there are of them. Yeah, that's true. You got me <laughs> outnumbered. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you know, um, just even talking about sliding into different positions, right? Vega is going into what I think is a great position for him as well with kind of a player development associate. Yes, he's still going to be here in certain aspects of coaching, especially from that RTC angle. You yep. know what I mean? But um, but just kind of having him in and around and mentoring these guys and providing other opportunities for them to grow mm-hmm. is a big deal. And then finally, you know, Tanner, I won't leave you out. Tanner's stepping away from the comms, right, the communication side into a full-time, you know, um, you know, uh, develop, you know, or I guess um, – you know, what, what do you call yourself now, Tanner? Tell me, what what have you named yourself now? Yeah, what what's this made-up title you made now? Yeah, exactly. What title are you bestowing on yourself? Uh, the czar of all things wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that wouldn't disappoint. Headlock, so. headlock, te- headlock technician? Is that what Headlock technician. 
for everybody out there, he's going to have headlock technicians on, on his new business card. So well, I was going to say, and then well, we're not going to let him teach anything else, but headlocks people. So it'll be a hoot. Um, <laughs> but to that point, you know, it's, it's from the development side or I mean, operation side. And then even with some recruiting responsibilities and things like that, we're, we're going to really be able to kind of grow and develop in ways that, that we're excited about. So again, want to welcome everybody in and just know that uh, I think it's a great staff that should help us in a lot of different ways. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention William Soule, who's joining us as Thank our you. new communications contact. Um, it's going to be a weird year for me, Tony, uh, after, after 19 years of working in communications on some level um, to not have to write a recap after an event and to not have to, you know, hit the social media channels and do some of that stuff that has been like breathing for me for the last, you know, several years. Um, it'll be, uh, it'll be different. It'll be different. Yeah. But, it, but it'll be great. You know um, you know, there's so many, the world is just so different, right? When we've talked about NIL and we've talked about conference expansion and you see everything going on in the world and truly we've got to find ways to kind of grow ourselves. And I think this is really going to help us uh, in, in that endeavor. And again, so this is, it's exciting for me and, and for our program. Absolutely. Um, let's, let's get back to our, our, our guest here a little bit. Leroy, um, our new volunteer assistant position. Um, you have, you know, it, it's going to be funny that we're, we're dubbing you a volunteer considering uh, the wealth of coaching experience that you have, you know, Vegas, Vega was in a similar boat when he took the volunteer position. And, uh, you know, I think we're, I think we're really lucky. And, and uh, if the public uh, appreciation for your joining the staff is indicative of anything, I think that, uh, I think we've got some, some good things coming. So uh, tell us a little bit about your, your coaching journey and, and how you've uh, made the the trip to West Lafayette. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I think, for me, uh, you know, yes, definitely a not a not your traditional volunteer, uh, you know, coming in. Um, but I think one of the things I was grateful for is that uh, you know, all the experiences that you talked about before, you know, when I when I first started sort of my coaching journey, it was at my alma mater at Wartburg, right after, you know, we had we had won a national championship. I had won a national title. I thought this is just what you do and let's just keep pushing. Um, and I was still competing a little bit on the senior level. Um, and so trying to manage all that and learning to be a coach. Um, and also, you know, at that point I had a new family, you know, and that was one of the things for, for me, my wife and I've been married 21 years now, and we've got a son who's a freshman in college. And, um, you know, that informed a lot of the choices that were in front of me coming out of college. And so, you know, I worked in the private sector and coached at Wartburg and we had a, you know, the heavyweight who came after me, four-time finalist, uh, won a championship. And, you know, it was a lot of learning, uh, for me working under coach Miller and with coach Keller and Malachek and, and, and those guys. And then, you know, I had a lot of influences from the Minnesota storm. You know, I was a Minnesota, Minnesota guy grew up. Um, I saw the, saw the, saw the light went South, got, got to Iowa and the state of that Iowa. Boy, and, bring up that <laughs> Iowa influence. That, I appreciate that. I'd love uh, to shoot. I'd love to shoot Ursland down, but I also went to school in Iowa. So I can't, I can't, I go. can't push them too hard. No, I, you know, I love, I loved, uh, I mean, without, 
everything that, you know, Coach Chandler and, um, you know, many of the other coaches in Minnesota that gave me. And, you know, I remarked on a phone call um, with Coach Erzlin about um, Joel Sherritt was our state freestyle coach coming up. And, you know, he he helped me a lot, you know. And so, you know, my career, I wouldn't have those opportunities to go down there to rest with Coach Miller and the staff and put on the orange and black if it wasn't for that. So, um, you know, after that, um, my wife and I, you know, I decided to no longer compete. I wanted to support my family because I think there was no such thing as, you know, RTCs and life was a lot different than that. Um, and I'm not saying I'm old, but I definitely remember days when it was a lot different. Um, and so, you know, went overseas and actually lived in Uzbekistan for a while and uh, worked. Um, my wife is from there, from Central Asia. Um, that's probably a whole separate podcast. Um, she was actually a, a world, you know, world level judo competitor for Uzbekistan. She was on their national team. Um, and so uh, and actually helped coach at the Dynamo Club in Tashkent when I was over there. Um, and, and they had a, they had Dilshad, Mansurov and a couple other guys who, you know, had world champs. And so I got to help and learn from them and talk across them and uh, then came back to the States. And that was when um, worked at the Naval Academy. So I was on the Bruce Burnett staff and Joel was there um, and, and helped them at the Naval Academy prep school. And so and got commissioned uh, as an as an officer in the Navy. So uh, enjoyed that time was in Newport, Rhode Island. I uh, had a chance to work with um, some great, great young men uh, on a, on a mission. You know, it's a little there. That mission is a little different than your average uh, uh, college student. Um, and so really enjoyed that. Um, stayed in the reserves uh, once I got off of active duty up there and then um, actually took a, you know, wanted to got my master's degree and, um, you know, wanted to go conquer the world and be a trader. Uh, so I maybe watched too many Wall Street movies and uh, and got into finance and uh, moved down to Houston and di worked worked in energy. Um, I worked in natural gas for four years and traded electricity um, ultimately, um, but ran a club down there. And um, that's how I you know got started coaching women. Our first group of women came in that club um, and and helped with uh, team taxes and then uh, coached at the University of Houston downtown. We started that program. I think there's a couple instances here where I've sort of started or, or took over some programs and grew them. Um, so University of Houston downtown, um, and I've got lots of lots of stories of, of that experience, but some great kids and hungry kids um, from different backgrounds, right? A lot of local Houston kids going to that school and uh, trying to make life work and wrestling, right? And so um, the opportunity came to, um, uh, in the middle of that, took a hitch to Afghanistan with the Navy, um, came back and really was, you know, I've actually called Coach Miller from Afghanistan and said, hey, coach, I'm a, I'm a coach stuck in a corporate job. Um, and what do I do? You know? And I said, and I said, also, nobody knows me anymore, man. I'm like, I'm like old goods. Like they make a new uh, NCAA champ every year. So like, who, what do I do now? And he said, Hey, uh, you know, talk to, let me get you in touch with Mike Moyer. Um, and, and he said, I'd, it, it'd be easy to plug you back in, right. Easy to plug you back in on the college scene. So when I came back, I went to the Le leadership Academy, uh, down there. Um, and then looked at a couple opportunities my wife had one uh and and, and tony my wife is breaking a 20-year-old rule to come up to indianapolis her rule when we left iowa was no more uh no more no more snow that was her rule she gave <laughs> no, me no. and so so when uh when when i was looking at opportunities and, and this one came up here in art in arkansas uh, a teammate of mine had started the program it was two years old small division three school uh in arkansas which is new to wrestling in the south which is also generally new to wrestling um but I came up here and it reminded me a lot of um, uh, my alma mater in, in terms of the support we had and the the love for uh, the student athletes and the commitment they had made to this to, to that program. And so I said, hey, I'll come up and uh, I've been here seven years. It was a five year plan initially. 
Um, and in that time, we've had our, you know, a River Valley RTC. Um, we've put some 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 guys on the All-American stand at U-20s, U-23s, and I've stayed involved with USA Wrestling. And, um, uh, you know, I also, uh, Charlotte wrestled, my my women's assistant, she wrestled at Campbellsville. Uh, she's the one of the first ones I had in the club in Houston. And she went on to a wonderful career at Campbellsville and then came to coach here. And I coached her all through the, the freestyle um you know, in the spring, in the summer, and uh, got to go to Romania with her. And then um, most recently got back from Rome with the U-17 Greco team. And, you know, we had a world champ and uh, the team got eighth. We had uh, two, a, a medal, another medalist and uh, Cody Merrill, and then a um, uh, fifth place winner in Greco. And for U-17s, uh, we, we were, we knew we had some good, good kids, but it wasn't, you know, the rest of the world's like pretty tough in Greco-Roman. And so uh, we weren't sure how that was going to go, but uh, those, those athletes rose to that challenge and it was a great experience. And, um, you know, we've been here, you know, like I said, coming on seven years now and put some guys to the national tournament. When I came, I had 12 guys on the roster. I had, we hadn't won a match in the NCAA regional. They do a regional format, division three. Um, and since that time, you know, we'll have the, the men's side has 47 guys on the roster. Um, we have had a couple national, three, three national qualifiers, uh, really close. One of my, my heavyweight loss in the blood round uh, before that, before the COVID year. Um, and then we've had a three, four academic All-Americans. And so it's been, it's been great seeing the, those athletes develop and grow and just believe in themselves in a place where maybe that wasn't the case here in the South. Right. And um, so that's really been rewarding for me and um, you know, growing the women's program here has been great. And those athletes are really committed and bought in. So that's what made it hard when, you know, when uh, you know, Vega kind of called me and he said, Hey, I floated your name to Tony and I've known Vega uh, 23 years now or more. He was actually Vega took my dad's class at the university of Minnesota. My dad was a professor at the U and uh, we knew each other through the storm. And he said, are you interested? And I said, well, I'm interested to know what Tony's looking for. I said, because if he needs a 25 year old to come and just beat up D one heavyweights for five days a week, you know, we missed that window. Um, so I have, <laughs> I, have, I have a lot more skills than that. Uh, and, 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 you know, so uh, we talked and um, you know, it was like a, a really you know, for me, it was really easy to see the direction that program has come under Coach Erslin's leadership and that staff that he's built. I know AJ, uh, uh, it really was not a hard decision when I listened to like, you know, when I listened to the wind a little bit, I said, hey, I think I got to go do this. And, you know, my college, called my college coach, said, hey, Millboy, what should I do? And he said, well, if you don't take it, would you wonder what it would be like? And I said, 100%. And he said, well, then you got to go do it. And so, you know, that's how I ended up on the call with you all. And I'm excited and started, you know, it's been a, I said, I was breaking down some video over the weekend on YouTube and making some notes and starting to plot and plan. And, uh, you know, so yeah, just excited, um, really at the opportunity. And I, I don't know how you're not, how you can't be fired up about, you know, Boilermaker wrestling and the direction we're headed. Um, and I told coaches and, Hey, let's get these guys out of the blood round on that podium, you know? And so, um, and then, and then we'll deal with the RTC stuff in the spring. But um, yeah, I'm excited, excited about it. So, Coach, um, <clears throat> you know, we've already said it. Um, I, I really don't think we could overstate the fact that, you know, as Leroy said, not your typical volunteer. <laughs> um, and, and we could say the same thing about Vega before, but um, as the head coach, like what kind of luxury is it to have somebody coming on with this much experience? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the it's the biggest asset to any team. I mean, I've always held the belief, right? Like, even amongst Division One, and we're, there's an arms race, right, for facilities, and you see it everywhere, and having shiny things, still the ability to have tremendous people around your kids is the most impactful, uh, you know, situation you can have. 
And that's something that we really look for and we value here, right? I mean, that you mentioned Vega, right? And and now uh, Coach Gardner, I think, brings that same thing. Um, you know, there's there's an energy about people and then character and, and all of those things and even a work ethic, right? I mean, he's he's watching film. He he's he's been through a lot of life and he understands. Hey, let's start preparing and looking at the next stage. And so he's ready when he gets here. And you know, those are the things that you appreciate, right? People willing to prepare, people who have uh, you know, great insights and great energy to offer your kids. And I think that just can't be uh, understated. You know what I mean? It just, it's important and it's impactful. So that's where I'm excited. You guys all got a chance to hear kind of his energy and his passion for what's going on. And that's big for young people. And I believe it. And so again, it goes to my excitement um, to, uh, to, you know, uh, having him join our staff. Mm-hmm. I would also say too, you know, I've had my head down coaching wrestling for 25 years. And so I feel good about the, the developmental and the recruiting aspect that we all have to do. That's just been a part of my daily life for a number of years. But now again, we're going to have the RTC stuff is changing. Um, you know, that's, that's a, a bigger deal. NIL has made it a bigger deal. Um, so there's business aspects too. Uh, and I, and I welcome that. I think, you know, uh, Leroy has a lot to offer in that way too. You know what I mean? Some of the experiences he's had. So again, I just, for me, it's an easy decision. I'm glad to hear that it was something he's really excited about. He had other choices and opportunities. So, you know, he's all in and wants to do this. So uh, again, I think it, it all just kind of adds us up to us being all very excited about what's going to happen here. Absolutely. Um, Corey, I love to hear your opinion on this um, as well. Tony, how much is it going to mess with you to have two guys on the staff named <laughs> Leroy and Leroy? Because we all we Listen, know that you're we know you're losing it a little bit. We know that yeah. you know your brain is not all there all the time. Uh, yeah, I got I got a hundred things going through my head at any one time. That's that's proven fact. I will say this, and then Corey and Corey jump in. Um, I got a lot of names I can call Vega. Right. I don't got history. I don't got history with Coach Gardner yet. And anybody who knows Vega knows what I'm talking about. He's a funny dude. He's got a lot of lot of things to say. So I got a lot of names for Vega. Don't worry about that. We'll we'll di- differentiate uh, that real quick. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Corey, like the only the only uh, name to call Coach Gardner is either Coach Gardner or Sir. After uh, <laughs> after he he, he he reels off that you know military background and and all of the really sort of amazing career uh, that that you've had. What what really excites me is uh, clearly you've got the passion for this. You know it, it comes across easily. Uh, you're all in just in that you know you're getting your wife to agree to move back north. Uh, that's that's a commitment, but you know, passion's not enough. You've also very clearly got the knowledge. You've got the, you know, the history of success. And just, uh, you know, if, if you could explain to us how that has come together for you, had you know, realizing that you had the passion, understanding that you were a, you know, a coach caught in a corporate professional's body. And, and then, you know, what was it that sort of, sort of, made you realize that and and then you know how important has that been to to have that drive yeah i appreciate the question um you know and one and i appreciate the the kind words on on my my background experience um you know one i'd be remiss if i like if i i can't understate the the uh 
this all doesn't work without the support of Susanna Gardner. Right. Um, and so I, you know, smart I, man, I, smart I, man, 21 I, years of marriage there. Hey, we, don't, boy. we don't make, we don't make it there by mistake. Right. Nobody no. falls, falls to the top of the mountain by mistake. Um, <laughs> so I think, um, you know, that anybody who knows me and has been around our family um, will tell you that. And, and coach, you you all will know Sue, um, you know, and uh, she's a dynamo and, and the rock of, of what we do. And um, but I, but I say that also because, you know, very early because she was such a high level athlete. And, you know, one at one point in my career, she says to me, she said, man, could you imagine if um, if you had my talent with your work ethic? And I kind of was like, I don't know how to take that, babe. I mean, I said, that's, that's, you know, um, but. <laughs> I say that um, because um, her the, she understood what it meant to be an athlete, and she also understands and appreciates this journey of being a coach. And I think some parts of our coaching life uh, is 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 asks a lot of a spouse and a partner, right? And so without that, and so we've I've had that from the beginning on this journey. I've had that from the beginning. So um, for me, it was more you know I had I was surrounded by good coaches that cared about me as a whole person you know, as well as asking my best performances because they knew what I was capable of, right? So, you know, all my coaches in my career from Coach Price and Coach McClure at Hopkins High School in Minnesota, which is a basketball playing, you know, uh, school, really. Um, and I didn't start till sophomore year of high school. I was 15 when I picked up wrestling. Um, and so, but I think being a little brother was the best training that you can have for wrestling. Yeah. Um, and so the impact, it, it, I always say, like, I don't know where I'd be in life. It was wrestling, you know, it just changed, it changed my entire existence. Um, so for me, you know, all the things, uh, that I've been able to have the, the opportunity to accomplish and achieve are more like a reflection of all those people that sort of poured into me, believed in me. And, and that made such an impact on my life just day in and day out. Like these rusty trophies behind my shoulder, you know, th that's, those are all old, the glue's falling off them, but um, it's more what I, the people that helped me navigate that and, and find that in myself. Right. And so for me, this journey has been one about how do I keep forever, like contributing that back and spreading that forward? Because I think once it's in your blood, it's hard, you know, it's hard to, it was, I mean, just being frank, it was hard to sit in an office doing that corporate job. And I said, I'm like moving numbers around a page every day. And I, and at a certain point, you know, I was like, they, you can't, you can't pay me enough. Like there's a number here where I would just stop doing this. Right. But with the only thing that's been around since the whole time has been wrestling, you know? And I said, so more for me, it was a calculus. How do I figure out a way to subsidize this wrestling habit? You know? And <laughs> so really that's uh that that's been for me is uh this journey of like, you know, what do I need to help these student athletes to find the best of themselves and make the most of the opportunities ahead of them. And that means I had, you know, I had to learn running what you're saying. You got to learn the business side of running a program. You got to learn about marketing. You got to learn about recruiting. You know, it's not just about how good is your double leg instruction or how good are you at, you know, motivating them in the corner. It's, it's, it's the times in between. It's the times when they're struggling. It's how do you, what advice do you have for them? What, how good of a listener can you be? You know, can you, can you hold them to the, the, their best self when they don't see that, you know? And so I think for me, that's just, it's kind of been a process of refining that down, um, you know, and I, I think for me, it was important to not only be defined by my wrestling. You know, I think when I graduated from college and was started on this journey was, you know, I, I have a lot of interest um, and, and, and as, you know, evidenced by the things I've been doing. Um, and so I think for me, it's how do I demonstrate and live an example for our student athletes so that they can see what 
maybe some a way that they could also maximize their potential and opportunities and and live live their best self right and and that means performing on the mat that means performing in the classroom that means being good stewards in, in west lafayette you know and so um yeah for me it's just been a reflection i think this is a big long a long way of saying i'm still paying back what was given to me you know on this coaching journey so um <clears throat> Corey, i find myself kind of wow right yeah for real i'm reading if i'm reading your face correctly yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's all inspiring to say the least. Um, uh, Charles is looking at my door, trying to talk to me right now. And I, <laughs> um, I'll jump back in here. Uh, Leroy, keep focus, uh, man. Come on, get, get back in here. You're right. Okay. I I, I know where I was going. Um, Tony, the uh, the naval influence on your program is going to continue. Um, it's been, it's been <laughs> funny, you know, we just had, uh, when he's still here, but, uh, Michael Wolf, you know, yeah. who, uh, is, you know, in the, it was, is, you know, went to the Naval Academy and is, is still enlisted, um, and is still around the program as he finishes his, uh, his PhD here on campus. And now, uh, you know, you being in the Naval Reserves, Tony, uh, how, uh, how important has that influence been on the program? I mean, I think all of these things tie together, right? They're, they're all important because team culture and maybe even uh, the sense of what you kind of get in the military uh, can be similar. You know, I don't want to call them exactly alike, right? There's, there's a lot of big differences, but I think, you know, um, creating that sense of purpose for young men and that sense of discipline and, and knowing that you're still bigger than something just than yourself, you're being a part of that is, is important. And, and how you go about building and growing that is, is, is a big deal. And that's something that's never lost on me. You know um, I always think, you know, if I, if I'm the guy, if I got to lead 24 hours a day, 365, we're in trouble. You've got to develop leaders and, and coaches and young men who think like that and, and will, will uh, hold each other accountable to those standards. So I've always been appealed, you know, it's been appealing to me um, somewhat, right? How, how uh, the military can and does go about some of that stuff. Yeah. I got to be careful. Cause I don't want to say it's exactly alike. It's not, but there's similarities that you, you know, that you think about and that you want to instill in these young people. So yeah, I, I find that appealing. And, you know, I've had tremendous conversations with Michael Wolf, who, you know, it, it served his country for a long time. And now he's here, working on a PhD and we got to know him on a level of him as a competitor, but how he's back now and wants to give back, right? Like he last year was about him growing as a competitor and giving it one last shot. He had one more year of eligibility and boy, his addition to the team meant a lot more than just what he gave us on the mat. And again, he's, he's bonded so tightly with these, these, these kids, these, his teammates that he's several years older than, that he's now still around, you know, he's, he's getting killed working on a chemical engineering PhD for goodness sake. And he still loves being in the room and, and wants to, like I said, he views it more as a, a mentor kind of a situation as well. And so again, those, I, you can't overstate that impact on your team as you're trying to elevate kids and how they kind of operate daily. At what level do they operate at? You know I mean? We're trying to elevate these kids and show them how to operate at a high level daily. That's part of it. Wrestling's part of it, but just how you go about doing things on a daily basis is a big deal. And, and to have people like this around is just more examples of, of how uh, they should and, and can grow as people. Corey, did you have something else? Well, I was going to, I was going to jump in a little bit deeper with Leroy, uh, you know, who on, 
I know this is a new thing and, and, and it's still in the transition phase, but just, you know, first glance at the Purdue roster, who are you excited to work with? I mean, obviously I'm biased. I, I love, obviously I love all, all our, all our weights. Let me start there. But uh, I, yeah, I did. I set you up there. Uh, I definitely set you up there. Nice job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think between, you know, when I, when I just bruised through, obviously the big guys, uh, you know, cause I, I kind of, you know, as a coach, you know, I looked through their background and I watched some video and I think I actually had seen um, Hayden down in, uh, in it was either Vegas or at, in, in Coralville. I think it was probably in Vegas when I was down there. Um, and it's hard not to miss Copass, you know, and yeah. I think I saw um, uh, Tyler as well. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it, I saw him down there and I think, you know, when I was looking, going, he's passing. I said, man, I said, you know, I always laugh when I'm at somebody's terms now because I think there was a time in my life where I would do this sort of mental check going, okay, I'm still the best heavyweight in this room. Um, but now, you know, when guys, guys like Kim around, I said, man, were you like out of your mind just always thinking you tangle with these big sons of guns? Um, so I think I'm excited to work with them. I think they're, you know, and I, you know, what I said it from the beginning that to end up in the big 10 and to end up at Purdue, to end up in at this level, you had to do some things right athletically and do some things right academically. And so just to know that, um, you know, they, they've, they've, and the work that the coach had put in at this point for them, man, uh, as a coach, you can't help, can't help but think, what can I do? What can I give? Uh, and you know, what, what's possible. Right. And so, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm really excited about, about the, the, the big guys. Um, and cause I think, you know, wrestling's wrestling and, but at the same time, you know, it, the physics are just different when there's two gigantic human beings, you know, uh, it's just, it's a physics, right? I think we could ask Michael about that, right? He's a chemistry guy, but I'm sure his physics is fine too, right? So we he could explain the physics. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So anyways, um, yeah, I'm excited about that specifically, right? And I think seeing, getting the most out of those athletes, um, I mean, because how do you, like, again, how are you not excited about the chance to go get a Big Ten title, a chance to win a uh, NCAA Division one National Championship? Right. And like it starts, it starts, you got to believe it first. Right. And then now let's go do that work that it takes to get that, you know, and I think that's the exciting part to offer uh, these, these young men. So. Um, not to <clears throat> change channels too much, but um, figure we might as well. Uh, Tony is, is encroaching on one of your, as a, as a fan, one of your, your favorite times of the year as yes. college football is back. You know, we had a few games sprinkled on uh, last weekend. I know you didn't get to watch a ton of uh, Nebraska Northwestern because you were on the road recruiting. But, um, you know, <clears throat> we're going to kick things off Thursday night with, with Purdue and Penn State, and then it's going to be, uh, you know, three, four days in a row of, of, of games. And uh, I have to think that you're looking forward to it. No, you guys know that we talk about it off and on in here. I, I love college football as well, right? Second favorite thing to do besides being in the wrestling room. So uh, no, it'll be great. And to have Purdue kicking it off early with a quality opponent like uh, Penn State is going to be exciting. Eight o'clock kick. We've got a lot of really uh, good kids, recruits in on, on visits. So, you know, it's just going to be a great weekend all the way around. Kick off the football season, get the kids here finally on campus that we've been out visiting for the last year. And and hopefully we're making, uh, uh, putting, adding kids uh, on the roster, right? Future Boilermakers. So uh, I'm pumped for this on a number of levels, but I do love college football. And so that I'll, you know, I'm going to try to catch as much as I can on this holiday weekend as well. 
Yeah, that um that Thursday night kickoff is going to be uh, something special. We're we're pretty close to a sellout, from what I understand internally here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the blackout game, so it's going to be you know hopefully a, a sea of black in Ross Eight Stadium. But um, yeah, it should be a pretty special environment, and hopefully uh, get to share some some cool memories with some future Boilermakers. Um, Corey, you got any other uh, games on tap that you're looking forward to this weekend? Um, yeah, Purdue Volleyball opens their home season Friday. A uh, couple matches to to get the Reamer Classic going. Uh, that's that's consumed a lot of my time uh, professionally, but I'm looking forward to to seeing that team again. You know, that's one of my favorite. Uh, I got a lot of, uh, you know, I'm like a parent with 18 children. I love all the sports I work with, but I love some of them more. Um, <laughs> I love wrestling. I love volleyball. I love football. I'm, it's it's a it's a great week uh, for for the Boilermakers here in West Lafayette, no doubt. Leroy, you volleyball got off to a good guy? start. What's that? Uh, I, so let's get okay. Leroy on college football before I before I go anywhere. Well, I'm excited to come watch some Boilermaker football, and uh, I was t- texting with Vega this morning, actually, and uh, Tanner Tanner kind of told me the the plans for the weekend with the recruits and everything, and I was excited, man. I and I told my wife, I said, I think, uh, shoot, it's like ten hours. I said we could we could stop in St. Louis and make our way up there, um, and so we'll we're you know if I pop up, don't be surprised. Um, there you go. We're we're excited about it. Um, you know, again, like I said, how how do you how do you not get excited about um, all the things that are going to happen, like you said, from volleyball. I mean, this just, it's a great campus experience, you know, and, and so I'm excited to be a part of it. And so as a, as a coach, and then also just as a fan to see, see what these student athletes are going to do, you know? Yep. So. I have one question for Leroy as well, because it came up on Twitter this morning. I saw it on a Twitter mention Uh-oh. talking about you and the night was it the 91 92 team all time best team at Wartburg. It might have been Bratland on Twitter. You know, Br- yeah. humble, you know, humble people will know what I'm talking about. But now, is that in fact the best Wartburg team of all time? Because long history and great tradition for Wartburg wrestling, for those that don't know, Wartburg wrestling. Huge tradition, tremendous coaches. You talked about Coach Miller, but where does that team stand in terms of all-time best teams from your standpoint? Well, I'll, I'll you know, uh, Kevin and I talked last night when he he's one because I'm I'm not on Twitter, so he sent me the screenshot. <laughs> he was out there t- touting it, buddy. That's what he said. He called me and he said he said, hey, he said, uh, yeah, I sent this out and I said, hey, I appreciate I appreciate the support, man. But uh, <laughs> you know, we were teammates together, obviously, and uh, he, actually, we work out partners in the summer all the time. He'd get up to about 180, and he he, we, me and him would always just work out. So uh, as far as the the best team ever, what I I I always refer to, uh, you know, this is not a matter of opinion at this point. It is a st- is a statistical fact. If you go look in the NCAA uh, championships book guidebook, the championships book from uh, and look at the history for Division Three wrestling, the team with the highest number of points ever scored is our 2003 team. There you go. And the largest margin of victory. And we so so we have some internal fights among the the, the Wartburg Knights that there I, could, I could imagine that are very great that have had extreme success. And there's been some years. There was some years where I would text Millboy and say, "Hey, those." going to take down that record this year and every time he said i don't know we'll see they'll be close and um nobody has <laughs> yeah. and so i think uh we, as this argument gets settled right so we you know 10 all americans we had six in the finals three champs um and like i said those two records i think the largest mar- margin victory and the the highest team point score still stands and so 
uh, like this again, you asked my opinion, but I'm gonna refer to the books. There right? you go. So the stats pointed out. So yeah. that just adds to the college wrestling folklore that that exists on the roster right now, with Ursland being a part of the highest scoring division one team of all time, Vega being on the only team to have 10 All-Americans, yeah. and now Leroy coming in with the highest division three scoring team of all time and largest margin of victory. And that was the first that D3 we had 10 too. So it was like, it was all happened at the same time, but yeah, that's So you got it, it all. Yes. Yeah. You guys got the 10 all Americans and most points scored. Yeah. Leroy, try, you know, Vega tries to hold that over my head that, that they had 10 all Americans and then we didn't, even though we had most points. So I, I get it. It'd be interesting arguments on our road trips this year. <laughs> I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to let that gopher team in the Glenn brand hall of fame though. That, that's right. right that your hawkeye team is in the hall of fame and i think that's our right. 2000 we're, we're already there the <laughs> yeah so they will, they will i don't think they're gonna let the gophers in there but yep there so you go i like it 2003 is the best poorly poorly roy <laughs> poorly roy so um guys it has been an awesome 40 some minutes it looks like of show Corey, do you have anything else for the good of the group no i'm just looking forward to you know <clears throat> looking forward to cranking this thing up you know seeing seeing what seeing what Leroy and seeing what the the other additions to the staff I, I love that the trajectory of the program you know that it just keeps growing in the right direction and and uh can't wait to see what you bring to the mat man we're excited i'm excited so. All right, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. We'll see uh, we'll see most of you in Ross Aid on Thursday night. Uh, Coach Ursuline is going to be he's going to be the loud one without a shirt on. Um, <laughs> you kid, got me there already. Right. I love. Right. I kid because I love. No, we'll uh, we'll we'll. <laughs> I have a I have a very farmer friend from the Waterboy picture in my head right now with Ursuline. <laughs> And Tannen, now that you're not the comms guy, you don't have to deal with the fallout. It's fine. 100%. 100%. William, be ready to pick up that ball and run with it. There you go. Leroy, thanks for joining us, man. Can't wait to get you here on campus and uh, and learn more and, and really get to know you. And uh, everybody else, we'll see you down the road. Boiler up. <laughs>